Traveler, we're alive from the apocalypse. Hey, hi, hello. It's Amiya, your storyteller, Will. Welcome back if you've listened to us before, and if this is your first time listening to us, thanks for giving us a shot. Academy H is our Masks actual play podcast, and we are Live from the Apocalypse, a not-for-profit TTRPG studio that makes actual play content like streams and the podcast you're about to listen to to raise money for nonprofits and aid organizations and other good causes. And we are currently still raising money for Rainbow Railroad. There is a donation link down in the episode description if you'd like to help out. Or you can feel free to catch us live on Twitch, where we record this show in front of a live studio audience. Kind of. But before we get into today's episode, I just want to give another shout out to Corey Weintraub, our guest star for this episode, who you can normally see in the Live from the Apocalypse show class reunion. If you've heard the rest of the arc, you know that Corey has absolutely crushed it as Chase Boyd, aka Extra, every step of the way. Everyone in the cast would die for Chase, but hopefully it won't come to that. Anyway... I'll let you get on into the episode and make that determination for yourself. But real quick before that, I do just want to say that this show has been nominated for an Audioverse Award, which we're all very excited about. It's not an award with open voting, so you can't really do anything to help us win, but hey, it's still really cool. Maybe you could just tell, like, five of your closest friends. That would be cool, too. So wish us luck on that, but without any further ado, here's Add-Ons and Extras, Part 4. So, things are very sad upstairs in the suite. However, Danny Carsey, when asked to leave, did not go to his room. He chose to go elsewhere. Went to go visit my good friend Michael. So these days, I assume you're pretty much just opening portals in Ravenhome Manor. Yes. In fact, Danny is going to return the books. So that is what Danny will be doing. Because now that they're friends, he... Danny thinks he can just come over and grab him whenever. Danny, you open a portal into Ravenholm Manor. You step out into the hallway, which is as dimly lit as it ever is. There's still a certain amount of dust that's kind of covering a lot of the furniture. The only real light given off is from the wall sconces. There are still heavy dark curtains drawn over all of the very large windows of the house, blocking any light from coming through. But you can absolutely step into the sort of parlor library combination that's right off of the main hallway and start putting the books back. Are you taking back your Goosebumps volumes or are you leaving those as well? No, Danny is building the library. Our library, comrade. Well, I mean, once I marry a sister, it'll be in the family anyway, is Danny's mindset. So... Fair, fair. That makes a lot of sense. (laughs) I don't know that Danny would necessarily care about this, but nobody greets you. Like, Michael doesn't, you know, show up or you don't hear voices throughout the house. It kind of seems like maybe you're alone here as you are replacing the books. As someone who has pretty constantly been sneaking in here more than invited in, Danny is not realizing that at first like he usually knows it's quieter so like he has an ear open for it but i mean usually after a few minutes he hears something so after a while when it finally dawns on him he gets like a big grinch style smile across his face and then he tiptoes up towards the attic i will say as you are about to sneak up to the attic you do hear something As you're putting books back on the shelf, you hear a rustling noise. Can Danny tell where it's coming from? You can. It is coming from the sitting room. When you look over, it's not doing anything, obviously. It's not moving anything. But the tree that had sort of set into the house itself, the roots that had kind of sunk into the floorboards of the house, is the only other thing in the room. And it did sound like the rustling of leaves. When you look at it directly, obviously, it's not moving. The noise has stopped. It does appear like it has maybe grown, though, since the last time you touched it. 
Danny will, the first time he hears the rustle, looks up at the tree, goes back to work. The second time, kind of like mean mugs the tree, just being like, what are you doing? Kind of like how when a cat tries to sneak food, that is how Danny is treating this tree right now. And then the third time, upon realizing this is all they can hear, Danny's going to go try and sneak up to the attic. But instead of walking by the tree, as he goes up the stairs, he's going to open a portal that opens up at like the top of the stairs so he can avoid the tree entirely. You and the tree have that sort of back and forth a couple of times, which is very funny, where like it makes noise, you look over, it makes noise, you look over. The last time, as you open up the portal, when you look at it, I think, not making any effort to disguise it this time, one of the branches covered in leaves will actively sort of dip down towards you, not grabbing you or anything like that, but almost like extending a hand. That's kind of the energy. Mm, like an invitation. Yeah. Danny, oh God, what would Danny do here? <sighs> Burn him once. When the tree extends the hand, Danny is going to look at what he thinks would be the eyes of the tree, which would probably maybe just be like a big knot in the trunk or something, and just be like, are you going to be cool this time? I think the branch shakes again in a weirdly affirming way. I'm not sure how this tree is communicating, yes, I'm going to be cool, but that's the vibe that you're getting from it. Danny's going to shrug his shoulders and be like, all right, all right, but okay. And then Danny will grab the branch gingerly, softly. You grab the branch very delicately. It is very unlike the first time. The first time you touched it, the world kind of spun upside down and reoriented itself, and you were in a completely different place, like physically, bodily. This time, your vision kind of grays over as you touch the tree, and then it starts to clarify, but it's like you are watching a movie. It's like you are not actually there. You're just kind of observing. And what you see is a hill. It is raining. It is a very overcast and gloomy day. And beyond the hill, you can see a graveyard. You can see the graves extending out to the very edge. Beyond that, you can see the vague shapes of skyscrapers and buildings and the city itself whatever city it is. There is also a grave at the top of this hill and a large tree as well. And under that tree, a group of people have gathered. Not a huge number of them. There is no priest, but there is a casket sitting there over an open grave with a headstone and freshly churned earth piled up to one side. The people gathered standing there have very somber expressions on their faces. And the only thing of note, really, in all of this is a black cloth draped over the casket with a yellow V printed on it. Upon seeing that, Danny's going to look at the people around the casket. Does he recognize any of them? You don't recognize any of them. Can they see Danny? doesn't appear to be it's kind of far away also like i said you're kind of like watching a movie it's kind of a pulled back scene for lack of a better phrase but what is their style of dress it's funeral wear modern funeral wear i would say suits dresses all black obviously i think as you continue watching they lower the casket into the grave danny just keeps watching to see if they start talking or something. None of them seem to be really talking to each other. A few men in suits step up and start scooping up earth with shovels and throwing them down onto the casket itself. And I think that is where your vision pulls back. You let go of the tree branch and you're back in Ravenholm Manor. Tree. Is this something that has happened? Uh, okay. Okay. We're friends now. <laughs> shake once if this is something that happened. <laughs> and and shake twice 
if this is something that could happen. You don't know if the tree shakes three times or one time and then two times. Tree, we came up with a very easy system. <laughs> would you like to pierce the mask <laughs> on the tree? Yes, I would. <laughs> the tree. Which is insane, but this feels like the most Danny thing that has ever happened on this friggin' podcast, so. Roll with mundane. Um, actually, hold on, let me double check something, because I think with uh, my future stuff... When you pierce the mask of someone you believe will shape the future, roll savior instead of mundane for applied history. And it's Danny. And Danny absolutely believes the magic tree can shape the future. You know what? That's fair. I got a nine. Uh, with a nine, you can ask one question, which, uh, what are you really planning, maybe? <laughs> yeah, tree, what are you doing? Um... <laughs> I mean, yeah, kind of. There are like not a lot of these that that are really uh or maybe what do you want me to do? I don't know. It's it's totally up to you, but we'll make it work. Um oh gosh, can I I guess I kind of want to be like what do you want me to do would be how do I stop this? I guess is what Danny is going to ask. You are not sure how you know this. But you kind of feel we'll call it a hunch kind of flood your mind. Somehow you know that this is not a future that you are looking at. It is another world. You're not seeing through time. You're seeing through, call it what you want, but dimensions. Okay, so upon peering into this other universe and presumably a potential version of their victory, Danny's going to get a little, little sad. Because there's nothing he could do. And then look at the tree again and say, so this has happened somewhere. And it could happen here. I'm going to say that at this point, the tree stops responding altogether. All right. Well, that, that I think that question was more hypothetical. Um, Fair. Danny's going to pat the trunk of the tree and say, thank you. You get another vision. No, I'm <laughs> um, And then Danny is going to go steal that samurai sword up in the attic. You open the portal to get up to the attic, and not only are you not able to step through it, when you try, you hear a voice echoing throughout the house, and you don't know if only you are hearing it, like if it's in your mind or if it's actually playing throughout the house, but it is... Michael Ravenholm's voice, and it says, See, I knew you were going to try this. And so I took precautions. I can't stop you from coming into the house. You are not allowed in the attic. We need boundaries. That is fair, Danny will say. Um, the voice continues and says, You're probably replying to me right now, and this is a recording. I can't hear what you're saying. So. And, and upon hearing that, Danny goes, okay, fine, I'll stop talking to you, but this is not the way we do this. Like, we should be more respectful of each other. And then Danny will pull a notebook out of his vest and flip it open, and you'll see lines of, like, you know, fix the future. And, like, a, it's like a to-do list. <laughs> Remember the past, fix the future, things like that. And he will add, save victory to avoid funeral. And then underneath that, he will add, break into that goddamn act. <laughs> And then in uh, parentheses, add with permission. <laughs> Where are you headed now? Um, I guess after that, Danny will uh, presumably finish the book project. I mean, he's got ADHD. Maybe he doesn't finish the book project. <laughs> the books are in the living room. Yeah, you were able to do okay. most of it while the conversation was going on. So the books are there um, and he will consider that done. He will at that point, he will leave through the door of Ravenholm Manor. And I guess head back towards the dorm. You open a portal and you step through out of Ravenholm Manor and back to the suite where with typical Danny timing, you step out of your portal and you see Kaz just kind of sitting there crying. Bethel's the only other person who is out in the common room right now. For you two, the door closes as Leo leaves 
and then the portal opens and Danny steps out. Upon seeing Kaz crying, Danny will just kind of sit nearby waiting to uh, see if he's needed. Alex and Chase, the walls in this suite are very thin. And you have heard the conversation stop. Even if you were trying not to listen, you can tell that it is now quiet. Oh, Alex was 100% (laughs) using his super senses to listen in the entire time. Then I guess the question is, Alex, are you coming out of your room when you hear the conversation end? Not immediately, because he doesn't want it to be obvious that he clearly heard the conversation end. Cool, cool. You give it a you give it a little bit of time, and then uh, after what seems like a polite mm-hmm. pause, you leave your room. Chase, you hear somebody else's door open, and somebody else come out. Chase opens the door, but like knocks on it as if you were entering somebody else's room. <laughs> Everything all right out here? I think if when Chase. When Chase comes out, uh, Lyra's still standing there rubbing Kaz's back, and she just silently, she looks at you, and then she points into the kitchen, where there is a cup of tea, and she just points at it and just looks at you. <laughs> like, go. I gotcha. <laughs> Kaz, you were handed a pizza earlier. Are you eating any of it? As per instructed. You got a cup of tea and a whole pizza box. I think Kaz had initially gone to eat it, like, when Danny gave it to him. However, as the conversation went on, it just kind of went back to the side, and at this point, he's crying too hard to eat the pizza. He would just be crying onto the pizza at the rate we're going. We've all been there. We've Yes, we've... Very relatable. <laughs> Big mood. I think at this point now, Lyra's just, like, waiting for Alex to come out, because she's just, like... (laughs) Family meeting, huh? First one? Excited for it? What are our thoughts? Are we going... Are we going for the plan? Did we come up with any other plans while I was gone? No. Um... Just a quick question. Did anybody read the letter that Chase provided? Kaz did. Danny did not. Lyra hasn't had the chance. She has it. I think it's still, like, crushed in her one hand. Because it was, like, handed to her as she came in. But I don't think she's... In everything that has happened, no. She's just, like, crushed it more and more into a ball. You know, as she was, like, on the phone with Clara, like... (laughs) So, it's just a... A ball in her fist. I will say, uh... Bethel, you realize that you saw this letter sort of balled up in your fist... You maybe don't even remember what it is exactly, but now you look at it to try to figure out, like, what was this again? And you read a a little bit of it, and you see that it's addressed to Chase Boyd, and you see that it starts off and says, In light of Squad H's recent vacancy, you have been reassigned. And I think Lyra kind of, like, takes that in, makes note She's not going to bring it up right now. It does go on to say that, like, this may be temporary. It's a purely on a trial basis, etc., etc. If things don't work out, we'll find you somewhere else. That sort of thing. I think Lyra folds it up, tucks it into one of the pockets where she's got all of her glass. <laughs> and she's just, you know, yeah. the glass pocket. I've got, there's two different glass. She'll put it, she'll put it in the nice glass pocket. She'll put it in the one with all the marbles. All the glass marbles that she's got, instead of all the broken street glass that she just collects as she walks through the city. <laughs> it's like how otters have the pouch where they keep their special rock. <laughs> just, you know. Uh, and what she's going to say is, the school has essentially decided that Kaz needs to take some kind of medical sabbatical for his stress. And so Leo has asked, told, however you want to look at it, that Kaz is not an active member of the squad. He's still a member of the squad, but he's not. Until further notice, Kaz is not supposed to come with us on squad business. I don't care what that paper says. Danny, I know you don't. 
but that's part of agreeing to work with this school. I will do whatever Kaz wants. Agreed. I think that how we approach this should probably be based around what Kaz wants in this situation. And I think at that, Kaz is no longer crying quite as hard as he had been. He doesn't look up. He definitely is not ready to meet anyone's gaze. But I think he just says, I appreciate your support, but I don't think Leo's wrong. I've been... I've been compromised for a while, and Bethel called that out after what happened at the frat house. And she wasn't wrong for that, and I think this is the right decision, because I don't want to, I don't want to put any of you in danger because of my own bullshit. We are a family, and your bullshit is our bullshit. Just remember that. I'm not saying don't take the time you need. Take the time you need. But we're still here with you, even if we're not here with you. We... Kaz isn't physically going anywhere, Danny. He's staying with us. No, I just meant while we're gone. I'm very good at teleporting. We can come and go very quickly, but we can't be everywhere at once. And also, I have telekinesis now. Uh Um, So I, I don't know how it works. But I might be able to bring you with us, um, or I can bring I can bring back big bones for souvenirs. Um, I, it'll be like you're there; you just won't be there. Um, I'll take photos, and um, um, I'll, I'll I'll even install um, a module on my phone if that would like help you. Um, like I can put a camera in my pocket in my pouch, and then we could like broadcast, and it'll be like you're there. And then it it'll everything will be the same. Everything will be good um, if that's what you want. No pressure. I, I think you do actually get a laugh from Kaz in response to that, and it doesn't last long, nor does the smile, but he then just says, thank you for that, Danny. Please don't. Please don't go pro your your activities to me. <laughs> oh, I thought that was, please don't make the victory sign at me. Yeah, that's what that's I thought was too. Yes. <laughs> I think I was just gonna nod. She's like, it's. I don't like it, but I understand it. And if it. If it doesn't work, then we will find something else. I don't want to do anything that would be acting against the school, because I don't know if that could change things. I mean, if I go out on a mission because it's not working to be benched, I I don't think I can go back to my dad's at this point. I don't think I can do that. That won't happen. We will find something if the school doesn't work out for you, Kaz. We're not just going to let you go back there. I don't think we would let you go back there if you wanted to, honestly, at this point, from everything you've told us. It wasn't that bad there. Not for me, at least. But I like it. I like it more here. I mean, never really had a family meeting like this before. That didn't really happen at my house. So we have to address the other elephant in the room. <laughs> Lyra's going to just shift ever so slightly and look at Chase again. Hey. Hi. Um. Thanks for, uh, thanks for the room. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you're welcome. Um, if you find any of my stuff in there, you can just put it in, in that closet over there. You just put it over there. Um, how old are you? Ah, uh, 19. Okay. Rush out the gate. I think that technically makes you the oldest. 
tied with Kaz, who is also 19. Who knows how old Danny is? <laughs> we don't know. The time portal has made Danny uh, functionally a millennial. I think I think we established Alex is technically 20. <laughs> Am I the youngest? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not that anybody knows, but uh. Danny kind of knows. <laughs> yeah, Danny has the Danny has the most knowledge. I'm Bethel. I don't think I said that before. It's, it's nice to meet you. I'm uh, technically the leader of Squad H by what I feel was a rigged vote. We should probably redo that that vote now that you're here. Actually. Oh, okay, so this team has like a co-leader kind of situation. Like maybe you take some role and then you have a second team leader that takes kind of a second role and kind of things get divided, right? So am I on like your subgroup or am I, should I be kind of focusing more on uh, Danathel's group? I mean, I spoke with him first, so maybe I should be under his supervision as my team captain. Um, yes, I am a leader. Is that your vote? Is that your vote? You're voting for Danny? Please do not vote for me. Danny will immediately. <laughs> no, 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 Danny. I think I think that sounded like I think that sounded like Chase voted for you. I I told a fib. <laughs> <laughs> um Danny will look over at Chase and I I am not the leader. I know I seem like I have it put together and I know what I'm doing all the time. <laughs> but I am I am just a, a a journeyman on this crazy trip called life. And also Bethel untightens the jars for me. So if we could make <laughs> Bethel the leader, that would be perfect. Um I don't I don't love the idea of our journeys starting up um on a on a, a place of mistruth untruth but i'm willing to you know take it as it comes bethel i'm all yours team captain new team captain (laughs) she just looks at alex and kaz i'm benched i don't think i get a vote i'm sticking with my previous one (sighs) bethel I don't know how you think I'm going to vote. We literally just had a whole conversation about this earlier. Oh, I know. I know I'm kind of new to the mix, but sometimes you need a fresh eye on things, fresh set of peepers. I'm not saying that I could be the best team leader, but if you're looking for one, you know, I've been in a couple teams. I know how these things work. I am still voting for Bethel. Me too. <laughs> I did. I thought it was. Kaz I thought it was. I thought it was stupid anyway. I shouldn't have even said anything. <laughs> she just stands there in the middle of the living room, just like I got cocky. You know what? You get your own room. You think you deserve the world. <laughs> All right, fine. Yes, I'm the leader of Squad H. And as the leader, you should know I touched the tree again. When? (laughs) You did what? I touched the tree again. Why? Uh, I, it was very convincing. (laughs) It did not take me to the underground. And I did not have to fight that fella again, um, the comrade. But, okay, so it did show me another um, dimension, timeline, uh, potential future. Um, It's a tree, and it's not great at communicating. And I did see what looked to be uh, Victory's funeral. (laughs) And I just wanted to... uh, Yeah? I, I could, you know, all right. I could, um, could love that more. Yes, it could have um, been the other victory. Your, your, your doctor buddy. I, 
I, you know, I, I could love that more too, but um, the, uh, but you, but it wasn't here. Like you said, it was another dimension. You saw another dimension timeline. Um, it could have been the future. It could have been the past. The tree was vague in its. You know, we came up with a system, and then the tree did not excel at the system. But good news, I don't think it was you. Because I didn't recognize anybody there. And I know that we all would have been there. And then Danny gets like a Kubrick stare in his eyes and goes, oh, no, we might be dead, too. Okay. Okay, Danny. Okay. I mean, I mean, not to add more fuel to this fire, but also potentially if it was at some point in the future, would you have recognized the older versions of yourself? I don't think I age anymore. You know, and you know, hey, that's fair. Uh, all right, cool. So I may or may not die at some point in the past, present, future, or alternate timelines. I mean, we all die eventually. That's just life. Again, I don't think I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not going to test that theory, right? Right, Danny? I do not plan on dying. Um, I can't speak for other people. <laughs> I don't, you know, I'm going to give that one a pass, yeah. We're not going to, you are not going to go and test your your immortality theory on yourself, correct? Not on purpose, right? No, I don't, I, I, I'm good not doing that. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry if I've given the image that I'd be okay with that. That may be the player who plays me bleeding through a little bit. No, no, not but... the, no, okay, wait, no, come, hold up. I don't mean that you, you want to, I just feel like sometimes you get very excited about some theories and you want to test things out, and I just want you to know that this is not something you should test. I, I will not test this, oh, oh, I will not, <laughs> Danny. I will not test this one. I'm sorry for thinking about it. To be fair, I was not thinking about it. And then you said something that made me think about it. <laughs> okay. And then well, I had some cool ideas. Okay. Well, and okay. Well, I'm pretty sure that I can die. Probably. Maybe. And other victories could also probably potentially die. As of yet, none have so I guess that is technically an, an also an untested hypothesis, but I guess the question is, why do you think the tree showed you that? Ooh. Maybe it was the tree apologizing. <laughs> like giving us a heads up for what it did last time. Or maybe the tree's still evil. No. No, the tree's not evil anymore. We had an agreement. Let's... Let's... I have a... An idea, now that Chase is... Here. Kaz. You're gonna be taking care of yourself. And we're going to do something for you. Because... Now that you're... On this break... Now it's not revenge if Squad H looks into these people. So I think we can revisit maybe Alex's Trojan horse idea. Mm. At that moment, <laughs> Kaz, mm -hmm. your magil chimes in. <laughs> Media alert within set parameters. And Kaz is going to take the phone out of his pocket and see what Magil is alerting him to. Uh, okay, you pull the phone out of your pocket and kind of open it up. Immediately, I think Magil says, possible threat detected under hashtag bone magic. And if you follow that alert, if you open it up, it would take you to a choir live, which is indeed tagged hashtag bone magic. You would see just a person taking up basically the entirety of the of the camera. You can't exactly tell where they are, but they are wearing a mask over their face. You can see the hint of a gray sort of suit. 
and they're kind of just pacing back and forth, but you can also clearly tell that they have a gun in one hand. Kind of looks to be a rifle of some kind, but it is very odd looking, like very high tech. And they're kind of like balancing it over their shoulder as they walk back and forth. And you don't know how long this has been going for. Well, actually, you can see by the little timer running at the top of it that it has been going for only really a a few minutes at this point. But you would see this person is just kind of pacing back and forth and talking directly into the camera. Their voice is slightly muffled, but they do say as they're doing it, this is a message for the hero. And they do air quotes with one hand calls themselves Spectral. This is a call-out. We're here, and he kind of spins around, tilts the camera so you can actually see, and there are just a lot of terrified-looking people all around. It's some kind of office building. You can see cubicles and things set up on the floor. Then, like, pauses, still in frame, over the logo that is plastered on the wall, which is visible over his shoulder. And it is just a big star inside of a circle, and it says province star across the top, which you would know is the biggest newspaper in province. It says, we're here at the province star, and as you can see, we got a lot of hostages, and we want Spectral. We want Spectral here as soon as possible, because we know about your family situation. And you hear the sound of gunfire in the background and people yelling, but it's hard to tell if it's like screams of fear or if it's like people getting shot it's very hard to tell the person holding the camera looks over at something and then looks back and says the thief comes only to kill and steal and destroy we have come so that they might have life 10 10 and then ends the live Kaz has once again gone on a face journey during this because there was definitely a moment where you could see how hard it would feel to him to have to stay back. And then his family situation was brought up. And you could see that eagerness shift once again to fear. And he just stares down at his phone, swallows hard and says, Well, it seems like the four of you have a location. We'll take care of it. You should go tell Leo. Bethel, if you can, find out how much they know. Because I don't know if this is all of them. Kaz, I'm going to rock that man's shit and I'm going to drag him back here. Actually, Kaz, there might be one thing you could do to help. I'm assuming you've probably got a trench coat somewhere in that goth-ass wardrobe of yours. (laughs) Kaz actually, perhaps surprisingly, shakes his head and says, No, I I can't say I do. Ah, dang. All right. Find one of those in the way somehow. I don't know. We'll knock one of them out. Danny, could could you grab one? Danny just walks back into his room and then comes out with like four different ones. (laughs) (laughs) Danny's like, I've got black, I've got uh, Vanta black, I've got charcoal. I've got off black. Um, which one of these is best? I don't know. You've seen them, Kaz. Which one of these really screams incel to you? <laughs> when you say incel, Danny pulls out one of Victory's suits. <laughs> what the fuck? And Kaz just goes, not that one. I think the charcoal would look nice. I'm just saying, Danny's just like, if Snake needs to come back, Snake can come back. <laughs> oh, it was for you. God, I love Snake. Incredible. <laughs> was Snake just an Alex impression this whole time? Snake was always just an Alex impression. We miss Snake. <laughs> do we? <laughs> Snake spin off when? I do. <laughs> Very cool. All right. So you've got a cadre of coats to choose from, but you can find one very easily that seems to match the general aesthetic that they had when you saw them in the coffee shop. And Kaz points that out. I will say he does look to Bethel and say, I don't know if this is a good idea or not, so I'm going to run it by you. 
but if they're live streaming on choir, I might be able to catch their attention, keep them distracted by doing a stream of my own. As long as you stay here, you tell Leo what's happening. Okay. Then do it. All right. Chase, have you ever been in a physical altercation before? Yeah, for sure. Like a bunch of times. Have you won? What? Did did you win? <laughs> we won, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was on the winning side of a lot of physical altercations. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, you could say I've won a bunch with other people. <laughs> Show me how you make a fist. <laughs> that it? Just call him after you just slap him with your whole hand? To the podcast, my hand was just wide open. An open palm. <laughs> no, okay. That was a visual gag. And then to get into the podcast, he puts his hands together to wrap a fist, but he wraps his fingers around his thumbs. <clears throat> Lyra goes over and she fixes that. And she's gonna say, you never put your thumbs on the inside? You're gonna want to okay. aim for their throat? Okay. Or this part of their chin, mm-hmm. down where the cheek is? The most important thing you need to know is the most force you have in your body is the fulcrum with your elbow. So if somebody gets near you, I want you to drive your elbow into their fucking temple. Yeah, let's go. Yes. This is what it is. The guidance I've been looking for. Now I get why you're team captain. (laughs) Jesus Christ. We got this team. Family on three. Everybody get their hands in. Alex puts his hand in. All right, we're getting there. Kaz puts his hand in. Danny also puts his hand in. <laughs> Chase has chills. You can see from from the first touch from each member, another wave of goosebumps goes up his arms. <laughs> All right, ready? Three. Wait, no, one. Shit. One, two, three. Family! Well, you have your location, the Province Star office building. I assume you're traveling by Danny. Yes. I think Lyra would ask if Danny can put us on the roof. Well, actually, no. Can Danny put us on the roof of a building nearby so we can make sure there's nobody on the roof before we go on the roof? As she asks that, Danny just opens a portal underneath us and drops us right there. You are on a building adjacent to the Province Star building. If you want to... Assess a situation? If you want to assess the situation, feel free. Roll with Superior. It's actually pretty decent right now. Somebody's been shifting my labels around. Turns out when you're the leader, people tell you you're smart all the time. (laughs) It's a 10. 5, 3, 2. Perfect. You can ask two questions, and you will take plus one while acting on the answers. Um, um, um. I think the, the big ones are who here is most vulnerable to us, and... I'm debating on if it should be how could we end this quickly or what here can I use to get people out? <laughs> uh, I think I think that's the one I want to use. So what here is the most vulnerable to us and what here can we use to help get the hostages out? I think you can see in terms of what is most vulnerable to you, I think you can look across the way and you can see that it looks like they have basically corralled the hostages, or at least the majority of the hostages, into one particular office. So because they're all clustered together, that is definitely a situation that you could take advantage of. As far as what here you can use to get them out, a distraction. So honestly, just like a big, flashy, head-on confrontation would probably pull most of them, if not all of them, away and give whoever you want the opportunity to try to save the hostages and get them out of the situation. Is it fair for Lyra to assume that, uh, Danny, if I pointed out where the hostages were, would you be able to uh, just zip in and get them out? Like, how big of a portal can you make? I mean, I could conceivably drop them one by one through a small one, or I could do a bigger one and take them all at once, but that might... We need to get the guards out of the room if there are any in there, because they will come along with, and that's the last thing I think we need. Well... This is a big office building. 
with big glass windows, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We can definitely distract them by breaking a lot of those all at once. And then probably swing at them. If possible, would I be able to use good old x-ray vision to try to look into the building to try and get a sense of how many are in there and their positions? Or is the glass lined with lead? <laughs> I will also let you roll in Sabir to assess the situation with x-ray vision. Okay, yeah, so that, that is okay. That is a seven. That is barely a success. One question. All right. Uh, I guess in that case, I would probably go with what here is the biggest threat. So I'm kind of trying to get a sense of what their positions are, what kind of traps they may have laid in advance of this. And you mentioned that the rifle that the guy had was kind of weird looking. So I'm curious if they have any, any, any superhuman countermeasures. Cool. Yes, you scan with your supervision and your various victory senses. You would see that there are about 10 of them, if you had to guess. But it looks like three of them are pretty solely guarding the hostages in that one office room. The rest of them are kind of moving around. You can see the, I guess, maybe main guy, the guy with the rifle, who still has a phone pulled up kind of in front of his face as he's walking back and forth. But I think you can also see more of those weird-looking weapons and a larger variety of them. Some bigger than the rifle, some smaller than the rifle, some that are not even weapon-shaped. Like, you see one of them is just kind of carrying this big disc-looking thing around on his back. All right. So we got three on the hostages. The rest of them look pretty spread out. But they're all packing some kind of weird heat, so... Be extra careful. Can I use straight up creep in? <laughs> you sure can. You'll have to remind me what it does. So straight up creep in. Uh, when you scope out a person or a place, I can ask certain questions. For example, what is the best way in and out? What happened here recently? Yeah. Um, what here is worth grabbing? It's called straight up creeping. Oh, straight up creeping. It's got periods in between it too. It is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That is the name of the move. And I have Jesus. a plus three to this because it's mundane. I'm very mundane. I'm going to roll two D6s. Yeet! Oh, one of them fell out. It's a six and a two. Uh, so that's eight plus three is 11. <laughs> so you can ask two questions. So I do want to try and get an idea. What's the best way in and out? So say, for example, if I was, you know, a member of this group, where would I come in from? What would make sense? As you are watching them, you can kind of get a sense of their pattern. They do appear to be walking around in like a set perimeter. You can pick out one empty office that they're kind of consistently walking past. If you wanted to blend in, your best way would probably be to get teleported into that office. And then you could kind of just come out and join them. And then for my second question, I want to ask who or what here is not what they see? Whatever that Mm, interesting, interesting. You, Chase, suddenly have a bad feeling about this. You are not sure why, but you have this nagging feeling like none of this is what it looks like. But you can't really get more specific than that. All right. All right there, guys. So here's, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. So... I just, you know, for my kind of idea here, for my little scan, that if we were to enter anywhere, if I were to enter from anywhere, I should enter from that room. And from there, I did seemingly blend in in between the perimeter shifts or, you know, as people were going by. But something is weird. I don't know what it is. Something about the way that people are moving. Something about those guns that they have. Something about this whole situation just seems kind of weird. That being said, I mean... Somebody's got to go in and save these people, and I genuinely don't know what about this stinks. So, what do you think, team leader? Alex, you can can see the hostages again. Yeah, I I'll I'm gonna take a sort of try to zero in on the hostages with extra vision, just trying to see if there seems like there's anything weird about maybe how they're behaving or how the guards are behaving. You rolled really well before, so I'm going to say you don't see anything 
out of the ordinary with the hostages. Now, honestly, you don't see anything weird about this. Like, you don't have the feeling that Chase has. This looks very typical hostage situation to you. Is there anything else you want me to look for, Bethel? Aside from those weird guns, I'm not... Uh, I don't know. It's I'm not, I'm not picking up on anything. I'm not saying that I do not trust extras. Bad juju. But... I can't, I can't suss out what it is. Okay, here's what I think we should do. I think, Victory, you should go with Extra. When one of those guards goes by, try to grab him, subdue him, so that Extra can take his place and you can get a look at whatever the fuck those guns are. And then Danny, I'm going to ask Kaz to stream that whack job. And then... I'm going to go down there and create the biggest distraction I can. And when that happens, I need you to open up a portal in the room. And, Victory, I need you to get to that room as fast as you can. Extra, if you see any of the other members, I need you to try to keep them heading in my direction and not the hostages. And if something is wrong... You say it immediately, and Danny, please try to get them out. Danny just nods. So there's something I've been working on, too. I can kind of make uh, a copy of myself like one at a time, um, but I can also uh, do kind of something like a glitter bomb, you know, where it's just like 20 me's all explode out at the same time. The more me's that I make, the more <laughs> like transparent they are, the, the, the easier it is to discern that they're not real. But if we need, you know, fill up a room real quick. If they try to turn back and go for the hostages and you're there, I think that's definitely something you should do then. Cool. Right. Uh, At which point Alex will go over to Extra. And (laughs) this is what he did with Bethel, but he's not actually going to explain what it is that he wants. And he just goes and just kind of like crouches down in front of Extra. With no context. Oh, so this is like oh a piggyback God. kind of situation. Yeah, yeah. You know, and one of the benefits of being on a lot of teams, I've dealt with a lot of people with a lot of different superpowers, so I think we could work this out. Just kind of hop on. Chase <laughs> <laughs> is like, you know, bridal style is a lot easier. <laughs> Everybody else that flies does it bridal style. <laughs> Just kind of makes you feel all warm and protected. <laughs> <laughs> Who is doing their part of the plan first? We're getting into position first. Yeah, so I guess it would be me and Chase. Victory, I sure do want you to unleash your powers. Roll with Freak. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, that is a nine. <laughs> okay, not a full success, but that's totally okay. I need you to mark a condition or let me tell you how it is unstable or temporary. Hmm. I, you know what? You're thinking about this a lot for somebody with no conditions marked currently. (laughs) (laughs) I know. That's, I know. I guess I'm getting back on that conditions train. I'm going to go and mark insecure. Assuming, do I get to choose the condition or do you you choose the condition? No, you get to pick. Okay, I'm going to pick insecure just because... This is like the first big mission that we have done since, you know, the one. And there are significantly more lives at stake. So Alex is just real, real nervous. That's fair. And you, I think, almost get the timing wrong and like crash through the window into the office. But at the last second, you kind of are able to catch yourself and by proxy extra on the edge of the building so that you don't go careening past and and through the glass and you're kind of able to like pull yourself back real slowly. There's like a slight noise from like your fist kind of crunching into the marble with super strength, but not as loud as crashing through a window would be. And you like give it a second, but you don't see anybody coming into the office. Danny's going to look over at Bethel and be like, could he always do that? And is just now showing off. No. So um, when we are done this, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to tell you about some things that happened while you were gone. Uh, 
that were probably the reason why, um, I don't know if Kaz might have mentioned that he wasn't talking to Alex, um, but Alex and Kaz were kind of, um, there's a lot happening, um, so I will explain it to you when we get home. <laughs> well, victory can fly. I have telekinesis. Big day for everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I guess we're uh, sort of trying to wait for one of the guards to come around on their round. Yeah, I assume that extra you're kind of slipping off of Victory's back and getting the window open and just kind of slipping into position. And since the rest of you are basically waiting for this to go down, yeah, absolutely. Somebody will wander by after like a minute or two. And extra, if you want to try to, well, depending on which one of you is actually doing the grabbing. I feel like it's going to be like a one-two. I feel like it's going to be open the door, Victory grabs him, and I walk out in the same moment so that there's like no break in the patrol. Sounds good. I'm going to pull my goggles down and then put like a bandana on my face, the lower half of my face. <laughs> I imagine they're like masks, but I don't think they're all wearing like porcelain pig masks. No, they're more like the ski mask variety. <laughs> I'm going to say that you can do it. I would call that an unleash your powers roll, but I'm not going to have you roll that twice in a row. This is a relatively simple thing you're trying to do. You can absolutely grab the person as they come through. You put your hand over their mouth so all they can really get out is like a muffled... Mm. Go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're already wearing the coat extra, so are you grabbing this person's weapon to make it, you know... Hell yeah. ...clear that you're part of the group? And I assume the mask... Uh, I will say that before extra takes it, Alex is going to give it a once-over and is also going to take some pictures of it with his phone. Hmm. okay. And then basically, as then extra walks out with it, Alex is going to actually text pictures of them to Dr. Victory. Because Alex is not really a science guy. No, that's fair. But he's going to text them to Dr. Victory and be like, hey, Dr. V, you know, I need your big brain. What's the deal with these? Okay. And you get a message back that just says, on it, chum, with three victory emojis. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I feel like it was really a mistake teaching him about those. Chase, you were taking the mask off this person and putting it on yourself. And you have the trench coat and you're taking the gun. You're slipping out to blend yourself in. I do want you to roll to unleash your powers as well. In this case, unleash your powers covers the full breadth of what you are able to do, which would include just like sneaking around, doing subterfuge, that kind of thing. What do I add to that? You would add your freak to it. Oh, fuck. That's a seven minus one. It's a six. If you'd like to keep up with us and what we're up to, you can follow us on Twitter at Live from the Apoc, Instagram and TikTok at Live from the Apocalypse, Blue Sky at LiveFromTheApocalypse.com, or join our Discord community, which will be linked in the description down below. And if you enjoyed what you heard today, feel free to give us a good rating and follow the show on your podcatcher of choice. Leave a review if you're so inclined, it really does help us out so much. The donation link to our current charity fundraising campaign can also be found in the description if you'd like to help us support worthy causes. Join us for the live recordings of Academy H every other Sunday, or any of our many other ongoing live-streamed campaigns that happen throughout the week over at twitch.tv slash livefromtheapocalypse. For all this information and more, check out livefromtheapocalypse.com. As always, nothing we do would be possible without your support, and we appreciate you so, so much. Until next time. Academy H is edited by Will Malkus with music and sound effects from Epidemic Sound, Dark Fantasy Studios, and Krotos Sound. Character art by at Draws on Twitter and Instagram.
All right, ready? Three. Wait, no, what? Shit. One, two, three. Family! 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 <laughs> that was a personal call out, and I will not allow it. <laughs> I don't appreciate it. <laughs> and I saw that clap, James. I won't allow that either. <laughs> Just writing that down for later. <laughs>